Hey there, you're listening to the Swings and Studies podcast with your host, Jordan Perez. This podcast is designed to give you the latest in college golf in the form of interviews, analysis, the occasional hot take, and some good old commentary. If you want to keep up for more content, follow Swings and Studies on Twitter, at Swings Studies. That's at Swings Studies. Enjoy the episode. Hello, 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 hello. Welcome back to another episode of Swings and Studies. Woo-hoo! Um, I don't sing. That's not my job. I don't know why I sang the title of this podcast so melodically, but here we are. Um, it's another great week in amateur college golf, what have you, uh, while we still await the spring schedule across the board because who on earth knows what's going on there. Uh, we've got a lot of events this December and they just keep rolling and I honestly cannot believe just how fast time has gone by because we're at U.S. Women's Open Week. The final major of the year is upon us and I couldn't be more excited for this event. It having been postponed, we've been waiting months and months for the best in not only professional golf but now the best in amateur golf to come out because there have been so many exemptions for so many players to be allowed to play um this this is a really exciting week for a lot of reasons i mainly because it's another means of showcasing collegiate golf and amateur talent i think I'm, I will rant about this all day, about how the Augusta National Women's Amateur did not happen this year, and I honestly don't really understand why. Um, but I, I think this was an opportunity to sort of give us not, not necessarily a replacement, but like, but another chance at an event like that. I mean, the criteria for being an amateur in this field and earning those exemptions, those, I believe it was like 20 or so that they gave out a few weeks ago, was more or less the same that players fall under for the Augusta National Women's Amateur. You know, part of that is being in the top 30 on the WAGR list. And I think that's, I hope this kind of sets a angle for the USGA to say, hey, maybe we should be regularly including this set amount of amateurs per year. But I, I want to know if they're going to end up testing the waters with this or if this was just an opportunity to kind of give these players the chance that they didn't get at Augusta. I know obviously both events are extremely different. They're both not one's a major, one is playing on the host site of a men's major uh, but it's just interesting to see that intersect and you know I want to I'm curious as to what the quality of this will look like and if that product on the broadcast is going to match up to ANWA I mean I can't expect a full focus on amateurs and nobody should because it's a professional event there are dozens of players competing that aren't just amateurs and ANWA is always going to be amateur focused but I think this is still 
a great thing to happen. I'm super, super thrilled. I think Champions is going to play so well. And yeah, I can't wait for this upcoming Thursday through Sunday. It's supposed to air on Peacock and Golf Channel. I remember the uh, Twitter-wide confusion of when everybody was trying to navigate Peacock and had no idea what it was when it came time for the Masters. Um, So we'll see how that goes down. Anywho, uh, my pick for this major... It's really, really hard not to pick Rosang, okay? That that girl is on an entirely different level. She, I mean, she dominates amateurs injured. U.S. women's amateur. Uh, and can seriously compete among pro golfers. Uh, she's played pro events before. Um, most notably her tie for 11th at ANA. Um, this really isn't her first rodeo at a U.S. Open she played last year, um, but I think she's going to be a real threat on the weekend. She's progressed so much within just the past year, even the past few months. She's really overcome a lot of adversity, and it's remarkable to see someone so young playing at such a high level. She really makes what she does look so easy when it's sincerely not. I mean, she is such a precise hitter off the tee, off the fairway. I mean, her game is so well-rounded. And I mean, within the next few years, I'm so curious to see just how much it will evolve from this point. Uh, she's still committed to Stanford, still has that uh, commitment. And I, gosh, she's going to be doing doing great, great things. So I'm curious to see how she'll play out this weekend I know for sure she's gonna make the weekend I mean I have few doubts about that but what exactly is gonna that gonna look like for Rosang so she's my pick um I think my sleeper for the U.S. Women's Open would be Alessia Nobilio um even in a Pac-12 less golf fall she's still been dominating your European golf uh, she's on the Annika award watch list uh she hasn't played with the Bruins yet uh, past that commitment but she's proving on her own every reason why she deserved to be at UCLA just to put it in perspective her entire 2020 has been top fives aside from the European Ladies Amateur Championship where she had 13th so this this is a really special player and I can see her making the weekend and continuing to grow from such an early age and again this is so crazy i mean the ceiling for talent just keeps getting higher and higher and higher with these younger players who are seriously giving older amateurs a run for our money and speaking of older amateur golfers who are killing it out there let's talk about austin ekro oklahoma state's austin ekro okay wow does it make me wish he had gone pro I, I wish, but that, that didn't pan out. Obviously, a lot of golfers chose to kind of hang back because of the pandemic and say, let me take another year. Let me get another year under my belt of collegiate golf and amateur golf. And rightfully so. But Austin Ekro looked like a complete pro golfer out there at Mayakoba this past week. He shot 60s all four days. 
finishing his rounds with 69, 69, 67, and 65. And he finished at 14 under. I mean, goodness gracious. And my Coba was not, was not an event that was just, oh, players on the lower end of the PGA Tour and FedEx Cup rankings. No, Mayakoba was a mixed event, okay? Justin Thomas was out there playing. Max Homa was out there playing. Billy Horschel was out there playing. So this was a pretty stacked event. Also, shout out to fellow Oklahoma State Cowboy Victor Hovland for breaking the Puerto Rico Open curse. Uh, That clutch win. It's hard to say that that 2019 class of newly professional golfers on the PGA Tour between Morikawa, Wolf, and Hovland haven't exceeded expectations. They've done a really remarkable job and took nearly no time to blend in with the pros. So congrats to Victor Hovland for pulling it off, Um, which leads into a thought I've had. I'm wondering if I should do an episode on Oklahoma State and how much of a golf empire they've been as of late, maybe even specific to the Hav Wolf and Ekro teams. So maybe I should do some, maybe like a little history lesson once things like really, really slow down. I don't know. It doesn't feel like things are going to slow down <laughs> um, with late. You know, we've got the Arnold Palmer Cup coming up in a couple weeks. Um, Walker Cup practices are starting. I mean, this is a packed December. This is not... This is not your usual December, okay? Uh, with things being rescheduled, postponed, etc. But it's 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 good. It's nice to see that things are actually happening. Uh huh. ANWA that did not. Um, can you tell I'm salty? Just me? Okay. So remember that high ceiling I mentioned in reference to Rose Zhang and Alessia Nobilio? Yeah, that didn't end with them. <laughs> Luke Potter and Preston Summerhays add even more substance to that notion because the Merido Amateur Championship, the first, not of its kind, because Merido actually had a lot of events this year, but specifically the Merido Amateur Championship was eight rounds over six days, stroke play, then match play, and my goodness, that... That was intense, and I was only looking at a leaderboard on a screen. <laughs> I was not personally there. But if I was stressed out, I cannot imagine how that field was. Okay, case in point. So, obviously, it ended with the a match play championship of Luke Potter versus Preston Summerhays, and both of them started out on, like, some bogey rallies in the morning, and then... Luke Potter kind of held it down for most of the day. I mean, towards the end of it, he had nine wins through 11 holes and took it eight and six. And you had two players who are have expressed that they're close friends, as well as one player who has had a lot of experience at Merido. I mean, granted, two years younger, still not close to that collegiate circuit just yet. But between him being able to thrive in a match play environment after six straight days of golf and having played that same course three times in competition I mean his strategizing was just on a completely different level and at being 16 years old and being able to fully lock in to a match play tournament like that not to mention okay knocking out the stroke play champion in quarterfinals I think, 
I think Lou Potter is going to be really dangerous. And Preston Summerhays as well. I mean, he played himself quite the week. And it looks like, honestly, that he's probably on the cusp of getting that uh, Walker Cup spot on the roster. I think it would be absurd not to consider Lou Potter either. But, you know, it is what it is. Hopefully, hopefully he's in the mix for that after this one because this was insanely impressive given course conditions time of year and the format the format really resembles a u.s regular u.s amateur also i tweeted this and i still firmly stand by it this event should have been televised it should have been broadcasted there should have been a way to streamed it please please can we have this streamed broadcasted some way for 2021 because this has another element of a storyline for amateur and collegiate golf of the walker cup i think bringing a level of understanding and nuance to just how important the walker cup is to general public would be great please broadcast this k thanks bye no but really this is the end of the episode thanks for tuning in bye